Are healthcare entities prepared to deal with the ever-increasing cyber threats facing the sector? And what are the biggest mistakes that healthcare entities make with their security efforts? I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I will be presenting a case study with Joey Johnson, CISO at Premise Health, a provider of on-site health services for employers. Joey will be giving us his perspective about some of the mistakes he sees the healthcare sector making when it comes to cybersecurity and the ever-increasing threat landscape. So now, Joey, for starters, what are the biggest cybersecurity threats facing the healthcare sector today? And do you think the sector is prepared to deal with them, and why? I think there's lots of cyber threats and risks out there. The, the one that I see that's sort of most specific to healthcare is the distribution of data. And no, the sector is not prepared right now. I think I think we've seen that. When you look at healthcare, one of the things that makes it so different is that we make copies upon copies upon copies of data, and it goes out to lots of different places. When you think about e-prescribe and sending information off to insurers and all the different places that it needs to go for medical billing, when one patient comes in, and you see yourself as one person, but by the end of the ecosystem, your data has been copied lots of times and gone to lots of different places. And HIPAA theoretically has governance over all of that, but even that governance kind of peters out at a point. So there's all these data sets, and, and they're replicated all over the place. That means there's no one single sort of data set to control, and that becomes very, very difficult. The other thing that makes it so challenging is that because it's so distributed, that inherently is what makes the data so valuable. You can't turn it off. It can't be expired. When it's stolen or abused, there's no single source to go and, and track it down. It's not like when a credit card gets stolen and the company can see activity and go, hey, this, this card is stolen. Let's turn it off. It becomes now valueless. But if you're doing healthcare fraud or any number of things that can be done with these medical records, there's no one place to go back and turn it off when malicious activity is detected. And even if you could go back to one place, you can't turn off a human being. You can't turn off their social security number. You can't uncreate their medical records. So it's really, really permanent data. So it's very attractive, and there's lots of places to go get it. And then I think when we look forward, now you enter in personally generated data from Fitbits and things like that, which is a whole new paradigm. Up to now, pretty much it was established medical entities and, and companies that really held this data. Just over there. But now we're having individually generated data, which there's a whole new, new set of questions about, you know, where it lives, who's responsible for it, conflicting privacy issues. So those are some really pressing problems that I think the sector is facing. So, Joey, with that said, what are the common mistakes that you think healthcare entities and business associates are making in their security programs that ultimately weaken their security stance against these risks and threats? It's a little controversial for me to say, but I think that building to compliance is the failure because it provides a false sense of security and it isn't working. I think when we look at the healthcare breaches that have happened with the large companies that have been affected, a lot of times these organizations are compliant. I mean, they're doing what they're supposed to do. But what compliance doesn't focus on is the specific location of the data assets. I think that organizations really need to have a sort of a paradigm shift in thought and start thinking a little bit less about the tooling and the compliance checkbox. I mean, those things are good, but they're the low watermark. Organizations need to get a better grasp on their data, where it moves and how, and then and how to protect it from that perspective. I think there's just a little bit too much throwing money at the problem and ignoring some of the tough but fundamental things that need to be done, like basic network segmentation and access control and a couple other things that you build 
your structure and your security approach around where your data is and who has access to it. If you can't do that and you can't be effective in, in that and knowing what's happening and knowing what's abnormal, you really don't have any chance at securing it. So, Joey, being that there is too much focus on HIPAA compliance, what are some of your recommendations for how healthcare entities and business associates can ramp up their risk management strategies to be better prepared to face these threats that we're seeing that are only getting worse? I think it's really about your data. It's about your applications. It's about understanding where your data is, where your sensitive data lives, where it moves, and being able to construct a protection strategy around that. I think in today's world where, you know, maybe we have hospitals that have somewhat segregated networks that have all the medical devices on them, or we have scenarios where everyone is using mobile devices and personally owned devices, the traditional mechanism of having sort of this perimeter, a lot of people will say the perimeter is dead. I I don't think that it's dead. I don't think defense in depth is, is dead. But what I will say is there needs to be a shift to understanding that Really, the protection is less about protecting the perimeter as it is about protecting the data. If you have an endpoint that gets compromised, and that will happen, if you have a user who clicks on a malicious link or gets subjected to some kind of phishing, and it's going to happen, if you have somebody that goes by a legitimate website and gets hit with a drive-by download, all those things are going to happen. And so really now what you have to do is recognize that you are going to have compromised assets. Nothing's going to change that. So in order to protect yourself, what really matters is not if an asset gets compromised, but if your data gets compromised, if it gets stolen, and if it gets lost. And I think a lot of organizations right now, if you looked at them and said, how would you know? How would you know definitively if you are leaking data? I think most organizations can't answer that question. I, I think that when we look at breaches that are happening, almost invariably, the news headline always reads, 18 months ago, 24 months ago, this breach happened. And now we're finding out about it. And as soon as they find out about it and the forensics start, it becomes more data with leaks, more data with leaks, more data with leaks. And that's the problem because organizations are focused really heavily on tooling. An antivirus engine kicking off a signature or a data loss prevention tool telling you something, but they're missing it when the data is actually being absconded. That's not an easy problem to solve, but that's the problem that needs to be solved. Joey, any suggestions on how to solve that problem? And also, in the past, I know you've talked about the importance of focusing on business intelligence. What does that mean, and how can healthcare entities make better use of that intelligence to improve their security? To me, business intelligence is simply kind of what I was just talking about, which is knowing where your data is and how it moves, knowing what your applications do, what talks with them, what looks like normal usage behavior. I think that just like the the false security of compliance, there's also a false security in investing in a lot of tooling or even in the managed security service providers that are out there. Not that any of those things are bad, but the example I like to use a lot is if you have Dr. Julie and Dr. Julie looks up a thousand records, is that a problem? Well, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. If Dr. Julie is in the research and development department and she needs to look up all the patients that had some kind of cancer prognosis, then that's probably appropriate for her to be looking that up. But If Dr. Julie is somebody who only ever sees three patients a day, and all of a sudden she's looking up 1,000 or 5,000, that that should throw a flag to somebody. That should look strange. But if you don't know your own environment, if you don't have that contextual awareness, you're not going to detect those kind of patterns. And that is business intelligence. That is knowing what your assets are going to be, because in that Dr. Julie scenario, 
There's not a managed security service provider or a tool anywhere natively out of the box that's going to be able to tell you about those patterns and what's happening. Even if you go buy some good data analytics tools, which are great and, and you need them, you still have to tune those. It's like going to the gym. You know, the gym membership is cheap, but going to the gym is a hard part every day. The hard part is actually coming in and tuning your data collection mechanisms so that you can see those kind of patterns. And there's really no easy way to do it. There's no out-of-the-box way to do it. You have to just spend the time doing it. And a lot of organizations aren't resourced for that, but there are models that are emerging to help organizations kind of get over that hump and really be focused on the data assets that matter. So now, Joey, as we discussed, HIPAA compliance is not enough. And with the cyber attacks that we've seen on the healthcare sector recently, including the massive hacker attacks on Anthem and some other health plans last year, do you think healthcare organizations and their business associates need to take a more war-minded approach to their security? And if so, what's the best way of going about that, do you think? War-minded approach is, a, is sort of a tricky bit of terminology, but I certainly think that if it shifts to the paradigm of being aggressive and sort of the hack-back mentality, I think that's very, very dangerous for organizations, for almost all of them. However, I certainly think that organizations need to take the assumption of breach. They need to take the defensive mentality that, again, you're not just putting in tools, but you are actively protecting assets. And... And by assuming breach, that means that you need to be able to know if a malicious pattern has happened with your data. So the question as a CISO or as a security lead or a CIO or anybody in the organization, risk management, whoever, that you should be asking is, can you tell definitively if something happened with your data? If you can't, then that's a problem, and you're probably not building the roadmap for the appropriate protection of your organization. So now, Joey, can you briefly tell us what some of your top security priorities are for this year at Premise Health? Well, to stay true to my own words, obviously business intelligence and building out that model is probably our highest priority, and that's an evergreen process. As the organization grows, we add applications, we change workflows. All of that needs to funnel back in through security and our security architecture teams to understand how that affects our data monitoring and what we're doing there. So that is kind of always a really high priority. Also, I think our continuing changes in our vendor maturity model. So you hear a lot about mm-hmm. vendor risk management, but we kind of like to, to coin it vendor maturity management because we pick a number of select vendors that we work with, and they're critical to our business, and they are smaller entities. And we have chosen to, instead of just using spreadsheets, really engage with them and guide them, sort of provide some mentorship to help them understand how to solve the problems that they have, how to raise their security capabilities and lower their risk profile in a mechanism that meets their budget and their their personnel constraints and things like that. So we're really working very hard on that front to kind of change that landscape a little bit. Also, I think authentication maturity is something that we're really putting a lot of focus on around this year, changing our authentication models, making them both more secure and and also less complex for our users. And then again, you know, along the lines of an evolving business, it's continuous segmentation. Always making sure that we're segmenting our our assets at the network layer as well as uh, putting in appropriate access controls. And that's also an evergreen process. And finally, Joey, you mentioned authentication. Is there anything that you're doing along the lines of privileged access management, trying to get a better handle on there was a phishing attack, say, and credentials were stolen, better ways of sort of protecting that from escalating? That is why I mentioned strengthening our authentication mechanisms. I think, you know, there's a line around 
multi-factor authentication, as well as privilege identity management and identity access management. And again, you know, that all kind of goes back to the balance of how far do you go down the tooling road, how far do you go down sort of putting your efforts there versus seeing where your assets are and then kind of catching it there, um, noticing identity access patterns that indicate a sensitive asset is being attempted to be compromised or, or has been is really kind of where that line needs to lead. But absolutely, I mean, when, when, when you look at a lot of these breaches, somewhere in that trail is always a set of compromised credentials. Thanks, Joey. I've been speaking to Joey Johnson. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.